morning, we are going to continue our series on leadership called Learning from the Old Testament Leaders. So last week, we talked about Moses, a reluctant leader, but he was willing to lead. So we start this series every Sunday when we start. We start this series with certain convictions in our heart. So this morning, we need to go through those convictions again. As we read those convictions, I encourage you to read that from your heart, not from your mind. Number one, we are all going to read this together. So we are all called to lead. We are all called to influence others. We commit to learn from the lives of the Old Testament leaders. These men and women of God are commended by God. Leaders are defined by their characteristics. True leaders are truly teachable. The underlying cause of unteachable spirit is pride. We are willing to ask God for a spirit of submission that accepts discipline and correction. I pray this morning, Lord God, may bring those things true in our lives. Okay, so we are going to get into today's sermon, and today we are going to listen and learn from the life of Noah. Can you say Noah? We are going to listen from the life of Noah. You know, at times when you go through the leadership list of the Old Testament, you know, I find Noah somewhere at the last. He was not considered for some reason as a great leader. But this morning we want to talk about Noah. How many of you have Noah as your favorite leader? Any of you? Okay. One, two. Okay. So I know, I, I know for some reason, you know, I like Noah, the way he moved, the way he operated, the way he brought, you know, forth the kingdom of God on this earth. You know, he's a mighty man of God. And this morning, I'm so excited to listen and to read from the life of Noah. So our scripture reference this morning is just a huge reference, couple of chapters. Genesis chapter 6, verses one, verse 1 through Genesis chapter 8. Verse 4. I don't think we'll be able to read all those, all those scriptures here, but uh, we are going to read from Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. Genesis chapter 6, verses 5 through 14. Okay? So let's start. If you have your Bibles, just please turn to Genesis chapter 6, verse 5. Then the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man, whom I have created from the face of the earth, both man and beast, creeping thing, and birds of the air, for I am sorry that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the sight or in the eyes of the Lord. Can you repeat that scripture with me? But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. This is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. The earth also was corrupt before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way on the earth. And God said to Noah, the end of all flesh has come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make yourself an ark of gopher wood, make rooms in the ark, 
and cover it inside and outside with pitch. And this is how you shall make it. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. It's width 50 cubits and it's height 30 cubits. You shall make a window for the ark and you shall finish it to a cubit from above. So this scripture goes on and on. You know, God gives specifications on how Noah should make the built the ark. And let's turn to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's listen to what Bible says about Noah in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 7. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he commanded the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. So here the writer of Hebrews commended Noah for his faithfulness, for his righteousness, and also for the fear of God. So Genesis records the historical section of what really happened when God instructed Noah to build the ark. So if you can just quickly summarize what we read in those two, three scriptures in Genesis, God saw there was a great wickedness happening in the face of the earth. And he decided to wipe away mankind from the face of the earth, including the earth. But he found only one righteous. Who was the righteous man? Who was the righteous man? Noah was the righteous man. And God found himself, right, him as righteous. And God wanted to preserve Noah along with his family. You know, when your head of the family is righteous, that family has a covering. When the head of the, who is the head of the family, by the way? Husbands are saying husband, but wives are not saying anything. Who is the head of the family? Who is the head of the family? Priya is saying husband. Oh, you said father, okay. Father is not the head of the family. Bible doesn't say that, right? No, that's wrong. Husband is the head of the family. Jesus is the head of? Is that what Bible says? House? Jesus is the head of the husband. Word of God. Am I right? Okay, so Jesus is the head of the husband. And husband is the head of the family. So if you put there, Jesus is the head of the family, remove that board from your house. If you put Jesus as the head of the family, just remove that board. Who is the head of the family? Who is the head of the family? Who is the head of the family? Okay, husband is the head of the family. Okay, let me make sure. It's important. Let's not violate the law. Right? Somebody's saying husband. Okay, good. Okay. But God decided to wipe away everybody. Whether you're a head or tail, God decided because of wickedness in the world. Now, God gave a specific instruction on how to build this ark. Very interesting. And so that Noah and his family can escape the catastrophic attack of the flood that is about to come upon the land. And God also instructed Noah that you need to bring into the ark two of all living beings, male and female. And how many pairs of clean animals? Seven pairs of clean animals. And all the food that is required for all the animals and for Noah and for his family. 
Did God say for how many days? Yes, no? No. God did not say for how many days, but all that God has said is, you need to bring all that you need inside the ark. So after they entered into the ark, rain fell on the ground. The fountains were broke open. And waters, the, the whole earth was flooded. And the earth was flooded for 150 days. And there were 40 days of continuous rain. And every living thing on the face of this earth was wiped away. And as the water receded, the ark came to a rest in Mount Ararat. Noah and his family continued to wait for almost, how long? Eight months inside the ark before they could get out of the land because the land was not dry. And finally, after an year, almost after an year, God invited Noah to come out of the ark. And the moment Noah came out of the ark, he built an altar and he sacrificed. He took a pair of the clean animal, clean birds that he brought and he sacrificed. And God really loved it was really a pleasing sacrifice for God. And God established a covenant with Noah, saying that never again I will wipe away the, the, the face of the earth by flood. And he gave rainbow as the sign of the covenant. Noah was given a task. What was the task? The task of building the ark. Noah was given a specific task. And no, God said, this is how you need to make the ark. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Can you say 300 cubits? And it's width 50 cubits. And it's height 30 cubits. So it's 300 by 50 by 30. Now, length of the ark is 300 cubits. It's almost 500 feet, if you can imagine. That's the length of the ark. It's a one and a half football stadium size. The length of the ark is. If you can imagine football stadium. How many of you have played football? One, two, good, good, right, good, right, okay. So you can imagine a football stadium, one and a half length of a football stadium. That's the length of the ark. Height is more than 50 feet. That's a four-story house, four-story apartment, if you can imagine. That's the height of the ark. And... In order to get an understanding about the length of the ark, if you lay flat, three space shuttles of NASA, head to tail, and that's how that's that big, that long, is the length of the ark. And the ark had very great storage capacity. You all see big trucks running, right, with all the semi uh, 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 truck. Uh, so if you, you know, think about those trailers, those trucks. There are around 450 trucks of load the ark can contain. 450 trucks of load. Now usually, normally the movers, how many houses? They do 8 to 10 houses in one truck when they move houses. So this ark can contain 450 loads of the semi-trailers of the cargo truck. Now God interested Noah with such a great responsibility of building this ark. Can you imagine Noah building this ark just all alone? It's a tough job. And added to that, Bible says, Noah was 500 years young. Right? 
Noah was 500 years old. That's what Bible says. Noah was 500 years old. And with that great grandfather, what is given? The responsibility of, not yet, of building the ark. And this morning, we are here to learn from the life of Noah, the leadership ability of Noah. So there are four different aspects we are going to talk about. Number one, number one, as we study from the life of Noah, this is what we understand. We are never too old to build. Can you say that with me? You are never too old to build. Noah was 500 years old when God asked him to build. And you know what? At the age of 500, Noah begot three sons. Shem, Ham, and Japheth. Genesis 5.32 records that. And Noah was instructed at the age of 500 to build the ark. And Noah started building the ark. And when Noah was 600 years old, the floodwaters came on the face of this earth. So that means... Noah was building the ark for how long? 100 long years he was building the ark. And Noah lived after the flood, he lived for another 350 years. So 500, 600, and 350, how much it is? 950. So he lived on the face of this earth for 950 years and then he died. So the interesting part here is Noah was 500 years old when God asked him to build the ark. So it took 100 years for Noah to finish the building of the ark. Now if you align these statistics, this data, with the current lifespan of human being, we can say that Noah began the project of building the ark at the age of 45 to 50. I'm just bringing that 950 years into the current lifespan of human being, 80 years, 85 years, 90 years. So Noah was asked to build a project at what age? 45 to 50 years old, not old, young, right? So at that moment, God gave the project, handed over the project into the hands of Noah. So today we are talking about Noah's life was an amazing life. And that life tells me today that we are never old, never too old to build. You know, I want you to think about it. What would have happened? If some of those leaders in the past, they have taken retirement at the age of 45, 50, what would have happened? Number one, Noah would not have built the ark. If they would have retired from the, their job at the age of 50, Noah would not have built the ark. What about Abraham and Sarah? They would not have got Isaac. Are you with me? They would not have got Isaac. What about Moses? Moses would not have been used by God to deliver his people. Joshua would not have led the children of Israel into Canaan. And Caleb would not have possessed the mountain. And Simeon would not have seen the salvation of the Lord. And Paul would not have made his second and third missionary journey. And we are talking about today morning. We are not limited by our age. We are never too old to build. You know, at times we feel as we live on this earth. Can God do something through me? You know, when I turn back and see how many years I wasted, and now I am in this phase of my life, even before I realize that I already am in this stage, my children have grown up, they are about to get married, and I am about to become a 
grandfather, and I'm not talking about me, I'm just saying generally, right? And what God can do through me at this age? But Noah was not reluctant when you called, when God called him. You think about Moses? He was reluctant, he was not willing to go. But Noah, Bible says, you know, he was readily, he was obeying to the call of God in his life. His age was not a limitation. And listen to this this morning. At times we feel that the years have been wasted in our lives. You know, when we ask the question within ourselves, we are today 30, 35, 40, 45. How many souls we brought to the kingdom of God? To how many people we shared about Christ? And through our ministry, through our words, through our life, how many of them are brought into the kingdom of God? You know, we really get disappointed by that answer. So the question is, Lord, can I do something in my life? Because I know that there are only a few more years in front of me. What can I do, Lord? But this morning I believe Noah is an encourager. And when we look at the life of Noah, you know, God can use anybody because he's a God of restorer. He's a God who restores our lives. We're reading from Joel chapter 2, verse 25. Joel chapter 2, verse 25 says, I will restore to you the years... Can you read this with me? I will restore to you the ears that the swarming locust has eaten. The crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust, my great army which I sent among you. You know, God is a God of restoration. When you turn back on our lives, there were you know, different kinds of locusts were living in our lives. We were not spending our time for God. We were not giving the way we are giving today. We were not bringing up our children the way we are bringing up them today. We were not walking away from God. Many years in our lives, our life, our years were eaten by these locusts. But Bible says, our God is a restorer. He will bring those years back in our life. What does it mean? Now if you decide to move forward the way Noah was, God will bring those years back in your life. Your life will get extended. And God will speed up your ministry for the rest of your life. But what is important is, like Noah, obeying the call of God instantly. And even at this age, God entrusted Noah with such a great responsibility of building this ark. There were so many instructions to follow as he was building the ark. And we don't know how many people helped him to build the ark. How many people really, what kind of help he got to transport this timber from one location to another location to build the ark. It was a massive vessel. How Noah could manage all this by all alone. But Bible says Noah did that. Noah did everything according to the instruction given by God. We are never too old to build. You know, what we need today is the zeal, is that courage, is the determination, is that obedience to the call of God. And God is going to take care of the rest of, rest of the year. And God is going to, you know, bring everything on our way that we can do something for God 
before we end our lives on this earth. And this morning we are, li- we are learning from the great life of Noah, from the leadership ability of Noah. A leader is the one who doesn't really worry about in what age he is. All that he needs to hear is he needs to hear from God. The moment he hears from God, he's right there to on the business of obeying what God tells us to obey. Number two, if you ask Noah, how could you build an ark? What was the instruction? To build the ark. And what was about to happen? God is about to send rain on the earth. Right? And if you ask Noah, and very well he will say, I didn't know, I didn't know anything about rain. I never heard of rain in my life. But all that I know is, I heard from God. I knew very well that God spoke to me. And God asked me to build the ark. So number two characteristics of quality of this great leader is, he says, you don't need to rely on your past experience. Can you repeat this with me? You don't need to rely or depend on your past experience. You know, God is going to ask us to do certain things in our lives which we have never done. Which we have never done. Now, I don't know what it means to you, but this morning I I believe it means something for you. God is going to ask you to do certain things which you have never done in your life. You would have never preached. Probably you would have never sang. But when God asks, we are going to do it. Noah had never seen rain in his lifetime. No. Because there was no rain before the flood. If you know the history. There was no rain. And rain thing was a new thing for Noah. He didn't have any clue about what is this rain. And if you research all the way from Noah to Adam, not even one person could verify what God spoke to Noah. God said, I'm going to send rain on the face of this earth. If you go and ask everybody, have you seen rain? Have you seen rain? Abraham, have you seen rain? You know, go and ask everybody, everybody, and you know, including Cain and Abel and everybody, have you seen rain? They're going to say, what are you talking about? I never heard about rain. I don't know anything about rain. Nobody is going to, you know, this is, it's, it's important. Think about this. Noah heard from God and nobody is there to verify what he heard from God. Nobody is there to support Noah on what he heard from God. We don't need to rely on our past experience. Experience is good, but we don't need to really rely on our past experience. And instead, we need to rely, listen to this, we need to rely on the word of the Lord, not our feelings and not our past experience. What we need to rely on? We need to rely on the word of God. You know, Noah would have got really discouraged many times during those hundred years that he was building the ark Because he never experienced even a single drop of water falling from heaven. No. He never experienced that. But Lord spoke to him about rain. And I'm sure he would have got discouraged if you are just trying to rely on his experience. Or probably, you know, he would have prayed, he could have prayed to God, Lord, I don't want to see rain, but please send a few drops of water from heaven. No. Because he did not want to rely on his experience. But he never got discouraged. He was holding on to the word that was spoken to him. 
the word that was spoken to him. You know, many times we try to rely on our past experience. You know, today the leadership experts, they say that you lead based on the success you gained in the past. Something you tried and that worked out and try to do the same thing today, it will work. That's what leadership teaches. And church builders, they say that you build the church in some place. Now try to replicate what you did to build the church. Are you with me? So if you are successful in building one church, if you, repli you know, replicate or duplicate the same process, you will be able to build 100 churches. Past experience. Past experience. You are called to pray for somebody, for example. Someone is sick, and you are called to pray for someone. And you go into the house with an idea of how you prayed when someone else called you to pray in the past. And when you went there, that person was lying in the bed, and you pray for that individual, and God raised him from the bed because you were sick. Now with that same idea, now you walk into another house, and you are called to pray for somebody. And now when you start praying, the demon in her or him started manifesting. So you cannot pray in the same way. Your past experience may not help here. You know, most of the time, God wants us to rely on the Word of God, on His promises, not on our past experience. God wants us to rely on His Word. But Noah, not even experienced one drop of water from the heaven, not even seen rain. He did not have any idea about what is fled, but Noah was depending on God's Word. Noah was depending on God's word, not on his feelings and experience. That means God can use anybody. As long as we receive from God, as long as we hear from God and obey to what God says. You know, most of the time, you know, there is a danger about going by our past experience. Our past experience will not allow us to believe what God says. We tend to rely on our past experience. It will not really help us to believe in the word that God has spoken to us. When you are praying for healing, your hand is not working properly. When you start praying, when you start praying about it, and when you start feeling, okay, now I feel a little better. Now I can pray again. Now, how do I feel? I feel a little more better. I can pray again. Then how do I feel? I feel still more better. You are praying based on what you feel. That's not faith. Do you get that? You're praying based on what you feel. That's not faith. Faith is. I know this is what God said. And I claim the promise of God. In Jesus' name, I am healed. Just walk out of that situation. That is faith. That is faith. When you try to you know, experience faith based on our feeling and experience, it's not going to work. We get discouraged. Most of the time it doesn't work. When you try to do that way, it doesn't work. At times, you know, when you try to go by experience and feeling, we try to question God at times. We try to question God and we doubt God whether this is really happening. Because we cannot rely on our experience, we cannot rely on our feeling, but we need to rely on the Word of God. You know, it's a little tough 
to put our faith in God and move forward. And when we go by our experience and our feeling, most of the time we don't obey God. We don't obey God. We will do what we feel like doing it. We will do what we experienced in the past and we try to do the same thing again because it's easy. We don't do what God wants us to do. But faith, what is the definition now? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things that are not seen. Can you say that with me? Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidences of things that are not seen. You don't see an evidence of your hand becoming better, but it becomes better. All of a sudden, that is what is faith. That is what is faith. No one tells us that God may ask us to do something which we have never done in the past. According to the leadership teachings, we cannot probably do it because we need to gain experience before we do something. But God asked Noah to build an ark and he never experienced rain. And was Noah a carpenter? Any guess? Was Noah a carpenter? What was Noah's profession? Great. Farmer. Noah was a farmer. Bible says Noah was a farmer. He was not a carpenter to build an ark. Can a farmer build an ark? I don't think so. Carpenter, maybe. But again, this huge vessel, a carpenter cannot build alone. God really doesn't need our experience. But God needs our obedience. Can you say obedience? Obedience. Number three, characteristics of this great leader. Noah is asking us to make sure our vision is big enough to include everyone. Can you say, repeat this? Make sure your vision is big enough to include everyone. The length of the ark shall be 300 cubits. Its width, width is 50 cubits and its height 30 cubits. Noah was asked to build an ark to accommodate his family, his children, one pair of every living creature on the face of this earth, and also seven pair of clean, anim, uh, clean birds. So Noah did not build the ark according to his own size. He built the ark according to the size and the specification that was given by God. Just want you to know, take you quickly to the New Testament, what Jesus spoke. Luke 17, 26. This is what Jesus said. Luke 17, 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so it will be also in the days of the Son of Man. Just want you to listen to you, to listen to me this morning. Noah was asked to build, asked to build the ark. For what? To protect the seed, the godly people inside the ark. And the seed of the future generation of all creatures on the face of this earth were protected in the ark. Now Jesus said, what happened in the days of Noah, it will also happen in the days of the Son of Man. That simply means God is about to bring a destruction on the face of this earth. The face of this earth, including all, the cre all his creations, they are going to be destroyed. Not by flood, but maybe by fire. And God is about to destroy. And God is asking us today to build the ark. To build the ark. And when we are about to build the ark, God is nowise telling us, make sure your vision is built big enough to include everybody. 
vision of the church, I believe it is our church, must be big enough. Must be big enough. You know, God has given us the burden to this church to reach the community, especially the immigrants of this land. That includes all nationality. Everyone is an immigrant to this nation. All nationality. That's the vision God has given to this church. Today, it means the church may be small. Forget it. But Noah says, make sure your vision is big enough to include everyone. God wants us to make an ark to accommodate all the people. Listen to this. Now, if we don't have such a big vision, we are going to lose some of those dear ones in the eternity. Because we don't have room. We build a church for 100 people and it, we cannot contain 120. We build a church for 500 people and it cannot contain 600. And we are going to lose them. And Noah tells us this morning, I believe he tells to our church this morning, if Noah is standing here, this is what he will speak. He'll say, make sure your vision is big enough to include everybody. I build the ark according to the specification God gave me. If I would have built the ark according to my own specification, probably some of those creatures would have been wiped away from the face of this earth today. But Noah's vision was big enough to include everybody. And also, Noah, listen to this, Noah was very careful to include the next generation in that vision. Noah was very careful to include the next generation in the vision that God has given to him. You know, this is very important. The next generation is important. God wants us to include the next generation in the vision that God has given to us. You know, that's the reason children ministry is important. Don't neglect. Send your children. Be here to help. Youth ministry is important. You know, if we don't include them in the vision, when we are gone, there is nobody to continue God's vision. The church has to be closed. When all of us are gone, we are going to go away one day. God's vision cannot be accomplished. Noah was very careful to include the next generation in the ark. It's important when you sit together as a family to pray. It's important to include your children. When you discuss something which is spiritual, it is important to include your children. Let them get that vision that you carry in your life. That was very important. Our vision needs to be big enough. And this morning, I believe this is a prophetic word for the church from Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3. Isaiah chapter 60, verse 3. And nations, listen to this. And nations shall walk into thy light. And kings at the brightness of thy raising. Who is going to walk into our light? Into, the, into our light? Nations. People belong to different nations. All the kindred, all the tribes are going to walk into your light. You know, God doesn't want us to plan small. God wants us to plan big so that our vision can accommodate everybody. Noah, the third characteristics of a great leader that Noah had was he was able to vision in a bigger way that could accommodate everybody finally. Number four, very interesting. If you ask Noah, what else really helped you to build the ark? Noah would say, I learned one thing in the whole process of making the ark. 
And if you ask him, what did you learn, Noah? What did you learn by your experience of building the ark? Noah would say, God doesn't make ark. We have to make it. God doesn't make ark. We have to make it. Noah did not sit and pray. Moment he got the vision, listen to this. Noah did not sit and pray. Lord, give me an ark. Did you do that? You found that in the Bible? No. Yes? Okay, you don't know what to answer now. Yes or no? Okay, right. So God did not give him the ark. God doesn't make ark. Do you think that God is in the business of making arks? No. God doesn't make ark. Noah did not sit and pray, Lord, give me an ark, give me an ark, give me an ark. No, he did not do that. Because he knew very well, God is not in the business of making arks. But God gave the design to Noah. Listen to this. God gave the instruction to Noah. That happens to you in your life too. I'm talking about what is going on in your life today. God gives the instruction and God gives the design and how to make it. But who had to build it? Noah had to build the ark. Can you say that? Noah had to build the ark. But God did one thing. He grew the gopher tree. Can Noah do that? No. He grew the gopher tree. And God broke open the deep. And God sent rain from there, or from above. Can Noah do that? No. Are you with me? Can Noah do that? Yes? No? No? Yes? No. Okay. And God grew the gopher tree, but Noah had to make the ark. Now a leader gets his vision from God and he doesn't just pray about it and leave it there. He starts doing something about it. Can you say that? Doing something about it. Doing something about it. A leader gets a vision from God and he doesn't just sit and pray and pray and pray. No, he does something about it. Now listen to this. It's not either praying or doing. No, it's not either but it is both praying and doing. It is both praying and doing. You know, sometimes we use excuse, we use prayer as an excuse for not doing anything. Now, many times I've been asked this question, why only the believers fail the LPN test hundred times? Those who don't go to church, they write once and they pass. Why I need to apply over and over again? Because I just want to go to interview. I expect God to work for me. I expect God to do things for me. The answer is, you don't really work the way someone else works. We use prayer as an excuse for not doing anything. You know, many times we believers... We pray for more, but we do very less about it. And eventually we appear to be fools in front of the unbelievers. Because you say that I believe in my prayer and I expect God to work on behalf of me. But God did not say that you don't need to study. You don't need to prepare. We need to work hard. 
If Noah would have been there, if Noah would have been sitting and waiting because he believes all the promises of God, God has said that, ask me and it will be given. Lord, you said that, ask me, it will be given. Lord, I ask for an ark. I receive it in Jesus' name. Will the ark come in front of him? No. Hundred years. That doesn't mean that the word of God is lying. No. It's not either or. Both are important. You know, sometimes we think that it is lack of faith if you do something about it and just pray and leave it and ask God to work miracle. It's both. It's both. Leaders, when they get a vision, they not only pray about it, but they do something about it. I want you to think about the vision that God has given in your life. The vision to start a business. Where is it now? Where is it? You prayed about it and you just left that. Nothing is moving, nothing is happening. So maybe it's not a will of God. Where is that vision now? You didn't do anything about it. And nothing is going to come by itself. It's not a magic. Prayer is not a magic. The more you work, the more you pray. And then God makes it happen. He makes it happen. What about our higher studies we wanted to do? God gave that vision. God gave that promise. But now it does not happen. Why? Because we are not working. We are just only praying. We fast and fast and fast and pray. But nothing moves. Nothing happens. A leader who gets a vision, not only prays about it, but he also does something about it. I want you to turn with me to Nehemiah chapter 4 verse 7. Nehemiah is another great leader, but there is something that we learned from him. Let, let's a little bit let, touch upon Nehemiah and then come back to Noah. Nehemiah 4.7. Now it happened, we know the situation. Nehemiah was called to build the walls of the city of Jerusalem. And he is in the process of building the walls of the city of Jerusalem. Nehemiah 4.7 says, as you read in the screen. Now it happened when Sanballat and Tobiah and Arabs and the Amorites... And the Ashtodites heard that the wall of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were being to be closed, that they came, they became very angry against Nehemiah and his fellow workers. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. Listen to verse 9, very important scripture. Nevertheless, Nehemiah says, we made our prayer to go our God. They prayed, Lord, they are coming to attack us, Lord. They prayed to God, and because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. They not only just prayed against those who are coming, against Nehemiah and his people, they also set guard. They also put the watchmen there. They prayed about it, and they set watchmen. So praying about it, and doing something about it. And then we see the work of God. Then we see the hand of God. You know, when he finished praying, he did not wait for God come and protect. No, he didn't do that. He appointed security guards everywhere. Prayer and doing things, they go together. You know, our prayer should never stop us from doing something about it. Our prayer should never stop us from taking medical help when it is needed. Listen to this. Our prayer should never stop you from taking medical help when it is needed. 
You know, at times we become fools in front of others. Now, God can heal you even without medication, but it's, it, it's not for everybody. It's not for everybody. At times people try it out and they die as a fool. Premature death is not the will of God. God wants you to live to the fullness the day until the day that God has appointed. We need to pray about it, but we should never stop seeking for medical help when it is needed. We should pray about it, but we should never stop putting all of our efforts to study and to do hard work to get the job done. It's never either or. It is both prayer and action. When God gave a vision to Noah, he went about doing something about it. And eventually, he built the ark. Finally, to summarize, four characteristics of great leader we learned from the life of Noah. Number one, you are never too old to build. Number two, you don't need to rely on your past experience. Number three, make sure your vision is big enough to include everyone. Number four, God doesn't make ark. We have to make it. Shall we pray?